We are live. Today is March 29th, 2022. Weekly Wednesday show. And Al is busy setting up announcements. But we got uh, announcer rates. Early bird <laughs> in the Discord. Uh, so let's see. YouTube is still banned, right? Yep. Yeah. I did solve the uh, last week. We didn't have Facebook either, but I fixed that, so we're good. Okay. I'll get over there. So we are on Twitter, Facebook, Discord. That's what we got left. Okay. What about Telegram? Are we on Telegram? We are not live on Telegram, but we can take questions if anyone asks them there. Okay. Does uh, Does Telegram have a live? I don't know. I actually just saw that in Restream. Um, I've never looked into how to do it, though. So they must have some sort of live. I would think. I know they have, like, voice chats, uh, but I don't know if it's actually... I've never seen an actual streaming thing, but I don't use Telegram, so... <laughs> Hard to say. All right, Discord. So let's go to the Leo Finance Facebook group. Let's see what's happening there. Let's see if that's live. Well, theoretically, none of this should make it into a recording, but you know. <laughs> live data. <laughs> Everything is in live data. Okay, yes. Cal Leo is live now. Let's see if we can that. To the actual window. I don't know how my audio is sounding on Discord. We're all good. We are live. Okay. So um, it's been a week. Uh, the X Polycub vault continues to grow. Price has been up and down a bit, down a bit lately. So um, and Cat has been shilling the Leo merch amongst the the wild world of what you call them, just business enthusiasts. <laughs> you know, uh, Cat is actually at. Uh, Practically lost his voice uh, pitching Leo to to Miami. Yes, all the all the people, all the ten X. All the people. It, it's, um, it's, it's good when you're the quote unquote crypto guy in a room full of uh, business and real estate investors because yeah. they all want crypto, and then somehow that gives you some kind of credibility. So really important people that would never talk to you otherwise are like hey what's up i'm just like oh how are you <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh it's a whole new thing and people are finally like what we thought would happen like five ten years ago is finally happening now uh, but uh, people want in you know there, there's nothing nothing is as good as of advertising as making a bunch of people billionaires so uh Facts. You know, we got the, uh, the twins from Gemini. We got uh, random, random hodlers. And I mean, you know, you mentioned the twins. They started an exchange, and that's where it's at. Like, 
I met a couple guys who are basically baller marketers. I mean, they were marketing crypto on Facebook back when it was banned. They basically figured out a way to like break the algorithm um, and they blew up a few projects, but now they're uh, partnering with some people. They're launched their own exchange and um, I'm definitely going to talk to them about that, but I think uh, they might be able to help get the Leo finance word out even more. Yeah, that'd be great. I think so, it got to be nuts to start the exchange in this place, but uh, I agree. So, but they wanted to talk to me about even like, you know, doing spots in terms of, you know, promoting and sharing their exchange. So it's like, sure, let's have a conversation. I'm not too proud of the show on Discord. Uh, I mean, on TikTok. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Wu was saying we haven't heard from Cal yet. Oh, I mean, hello to all the people. Spoken anything. Hello, people. I'm here. <laughs> all the people. Uh, we passed 10 million on, on Polycub. Oh, shit. Uh, when did Cal that happen? I think it was yesterday or the day before. Yeah, that's impressive. Considering the price has been going lower the last few days, so that means a good chunk of money came in. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably why the price has gone lower. People are coming into the farms or into the kingdoms and uh, and uh, you know, uh, selling ex Polycub and more go or selling Polycub, which is dumping everything into ex Poly. We're up to 18, 18x, eighteen point five, something like that. You know, it's um. It's, uh, it's an interesting time. So just before we went on, came on stream, uh, Cal dropped some links in Discord about uh, Coin Telegraph. I think it was. Yep. Uh, yep. So why don't you walk us through what's going on there? Yeah. So, um, so we've basically we've been working with Coin Telegraph, CoinDesk, uh, Bitcoin.com, a bunch of different ones, um, basically just to like organize just to kind of organize the way that this, this marketing message is going out. And, uh, a big way, a big way that it went out is obviously, you know, right after launch, we did the the first round of PRs and that was just kind of to introduce Polycub and, and start talking about, uh, essentially what it is and, and why we launched it and, and the mission of, of building, you know, the, the first ever, you know, sustainable DeFi platform. So, um, that was kind of like that, that first, cause we basically have a few different marketing messages. And the first one, um, was just to introduce everything. So this, this is like the second marketing message. And, and I think you, uh, you have to calendarize these, these weeks, uh, and the calendarize with a K, uh, because the second week of marketing is a little bit longer than a week. Um, so, so essentially we, uh, we have this second round of PRs going out and, uh, and yeah, so Cointelegraph is kind of like the kickstart of this second round of, of PRs. Um, I think there's there's probably about 40 or 50-ish firms that are going to have PRs, um, and they, they all have a, a version of this one. Um, so so this is, if you, if you open, I'll drop this in the chat. Um, if you open this PR, um, it's going to be, you know, very similar on the other ones. Uh, but essentially, it talks about Polycub and it talks about the future of what we're building. So it kind of focuses more on the roadmap. Um, and uh, and yeah, so it's, you know, the, the interesting thing about Polycub, and I think it's it's being missed in the in the market, you know, the there's many sayings for how the market can stay irrational longer than you can say stay solvent and all sorts of other sayings about how the market misprices things. So I think uh, I think with Polycub, we're seeing a essentially a mis mispricing of what 
Uh, sorry, one second. Sounded like some dog in the background. <laughs> you all making ruckus. Yeah. I'm uh, just looking through the, uh, I have not seen this uh, release before because he literally dropped it on, on the Discord like two minutes before. We yeah. But I'm uh, just scanning through, saying emerging mechanics and several other successful projects while running thousands of Monte Carlo simulations to make the ideal scenario with optimization of the Polygon network is quite a sentence. Uh, Polycub achieves what few, if any, other projects have achieved before, a long-term deflationary and self-sustainable DeFi ecosystem that maximizes yield generation for user assets. That is quite a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that is that is something that has not been done. Every other every other yield farm out there has died one way or another. Yeah, I mean, they're basically designed to, prices designed to go to zero. Yeah. And let me, um, I'm having fun in uh, Discord chat. <laughs> showing, I'm showing. Just show the shirt. There you go. So you made that yourself, right? Or I will not confirm or deny that I made this shirt myself. Well, I will say, I will say this that there will be a way to buy Leo, Leo Finance merch, mainly t shirts, uh, available to the masses in the next day or so. Sadly, you have to use fiat dollars. See, I'm going to hats. I'm much more into hats than into shirts. I, I, could, I, could, I, could, I could possibly look into my sources to see if they can produce the hat. Okay. That'd be good. Because, you know, but, uh, I'd rather just cover my hair than I wonder uh, <laughs> a hat would probably, I wonder if Leo Fine like this might be too much for a hat. Maybe just maybe just the logo. Just the logo instead. I mean you could do the whole thing. So it's just gonna be smaller. Yeah, or you could rearrange it. Is more tea here? No, more tea's not here. No, more tea's not here. You get some custom custom work done. That's why I was waiting. I was waiting for more of a crowd to come in before I started doing my fashion show. Yeah. <laughs> Leo Finance. Yeah. So wow. I like the one in gray I have better, but black always works. Um, but yeah, just just I guess the um, DR is mostly talking about how you know the self-sustainable. So you know we've seen the price over the last what, week. I haven't been tracking that closely, but uh, down from ninety cents to fifty cents, something like that. Yeah, I know. Uh, put it this way, I like remember Thursday night I looked, and then I went down to Miami Friday morning. And then come like Monday, I was like, what the hell happened while I was gone? I think it was at like 69 when I left. And then it's at 50. This actually it's 49 as of this morning. Right. So, you know, what's interesting is that, yes, I mean, if you're holding liquid uh, polycub, then that's rough. But if you're in the X polycub vault, it's barely changed. Uh, I'm oh, yeah. my, at my, uh, you know, at my stake and I update my spreadsheet, you know, once a day or once every other day. And it's, it hasn't moved much. So it's uh, it's it's interesting how the the people who are dumping polycup and paying the forfeit fees are compensating the people in the in the ex polycup vault. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's pretty close. And mm. uh, and this is before we even have the bonds live. So, and that's like the thing. Um, I wish I had more of a waiting. Like I have obviously ex polycup as part of my overall 
portfolio on the platform, but it's not nearly high enough for percentage. Um, I also said I was going to stop adding to it once we hit a 15 ratio, but I <laughs> put my airdrop into it this morning. I just keep yep. plowing my airdrop into it at this point. Um, the last big buy I did was when we were at, I think, 12. Um, but since then, it's just airdrops. So it is what it is. Yeah. But so, you know, what's funny is that, and this is like indirectly about Polycub. So when I was at that 10X conference, I actually ran into a guy that I know that uh, is a high-end real estate broker and uh, has some like side businesses where he makes like, you know, money from like credit card transactions, things like that. But anyway, type of dude that's got all the backend stuff. And then he's just like, why don't we do a fund? He's just like, I got, you know, company that handles all the backend stuff, blah, blah, blah. He's like, we can literally just test pilot it. We'll both, you know, spend a couple thousand bucks to start it soup to nuts, close it, like literally do a beta test. I was like, that's actually not a bad idea at all. Um, because yeah, I'm out there like shilling legal finance and polycub and all that. But you know, it's probably the best way for me to help the platform is if I just open this fund and now I have millions of dollars that I'm going to put on the cub and polycub platforms. And I can do that in a way shorter time. And I don't have to be out there, you know, wearing merch and shilling. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like, you know, the socializing, but um, I think that might be a better direct impact. So there's just more and more things that the universe is like putting in front of me where it just makes sense to do the fun. Because I think not only would it be more helpful to, um, you know, legal finance in a whole, but then also it's just more organized for me. And, uh, I don't have to be out there shilling all the time. Absolutely. And I see we have Yabba in the audience on the Discord. Uh, so because of that, I will also shill. I do have a fund for Splinterlands assets. This is true. <laughs> yes. I actually yeah, we, mentioned that to the guys, uh, like Steve and the guys that were at the event also. I was like, do you guys know that Neil has a Splinterlands fund? <laughs> so Tell us know, more about it. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, you know, um, it's... You know, for the real estate guys, it's it's very, very similar to every other real estate syndication. You know, limited partners, they come in, they put up capital. General partner, which is me and Vedev, and uh, we come in and we deploy that capital into the Spillerlands game ecosystem. Uh, primarily, you know, buying cards and, and renting them out, but, you know, very selectively rather than just a broad thing. And um, the uh, the interesting thing that we, we found out is that, you know, so Spillerlands has its own dynamics. And um, we are slowly you know, deploying capital into it. We don't want to do it all at once because the, the market liquidity won't support that uh, in, a, in an advantageous way. So while we are waiting to deploy over the next however long, uh, we're actually keeping our, our dry powder in Polygon and on the, oh. on the stable farms. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, it, it is, uh, it's all coming together, <laughs> basically. I'm... Uh... I mean, it's probably, there's a, there's a conversation for all offline, so I don't have to get into it um, because I'm curious about as far as like the reporting end of that, whether you're like, like if you're in a position where you're doing quarterly distribute distribution, things like that, it's like, you don't have a, like, yeah, you like, you have a corporate Coinbase account, let's say, and like money goes into there and then it goes from there, but then it's on like just decentralized wallets. It's just like, well, how is that? I don't know. It's like, how do you like report that in terms of to your investor? I don't know. That's the only thing I'm like confused about. 
Yeah, well, like, I mean, we'll, we'll have you know, we'll keep it. You, know, you can't like so. show them where their money is. I guess, I guess you show a wallet address. Well, I mean, if you invest into Apple, do they show you like which bank accounts hold stuff? No, they just give you a report. I guess that's true. I mean, all, all people care about is their shares sitting on, you know, whatever Charles Schwab. Yeah, makes sense. So uh, that is that is a project that's been in the works for a long time. Uh, because you know it's all legal stuff. You know it's all KYC. It's all accredited. Um, so you know the good deals are only for the rich people, and <laughs> um, the uh, the the getting the legal work set up took forever. Uh, but now we're finally open and taking deposits. And the um, <laughs> not encrypted good deals are forever. That's true. I'm talking about in TradFi. Uh, the the good deals are, are restricted for the rich people. Um, but this audience, you know, anybody who wants, if you refer somebody who ends up investing, we do pay out a share of our management fees, uh, you know, to you. So that's like an ongoing revenue stream. So uh, if you have some some whales, whale friends who want to get exposure to, to play to earn gaming DeFi, then, uh, then let me know. It might be worth you did. Uh, so what did you do, like typical uh, syndication paperwork in terms of the legal end? fun yep and then um so you know it's the subscription agreement and then lps and then... interesting maybe i'll ping you about who you use depending on what your cost was i've gotten a few different contacts and the costs definitely vary yeah the costs vary uh, you know with anything with the lawyers it's always going to depend on exactly how you're setting things up because it changes the complexity of things and that changes their fees but uh, but i'll go ahead and tell you you pay 10 grand that's been a, a common number for the syndication stuff yeah. so that's why syndication is also better because when you go like the hedge fund route i think it actually is becomes more than that because you got more going on yeah at least that's the vibe i've gotten from the just one or two hedge funds uh people i've talked to yep. so uh it's uh bringing it all together we got you know legacy people coming in um our people right now are actually all real estate guys because uh, they understand the structure really well because it's like I said, it's a standard thing. Uh, I think and it, it makes sense right now as long as long as they keep classifying crypto as property, then syndication route makes total sense. Yeah. Are you doing like a uh, typical real estate syndication where you're doing like uh, specific interval uh, distributions and things like that? Yeah, we're doing quarterlies. Quarterlies. Nice. And then, uh, so we're, we're bringing in TradFi people. We're we're keeping them idle in Polycup ecosystem, and then deploying into Twinrods ecosystem. So so, so, the, so even though they don't know it, they're exposing to like the whole gamut of, of DeFi. <laughs> the moral of the story is that my yields on the on the stable pool are lower because of you. Oh, maybe <laughs> a little bit because of you and your fund. It's all right. I'll end up pushing them down too uh and with the fund yeah and yeah i was talking about you know the um uh you know rewards reductions in in polycup so this is a thing that is starting to bite starting to feel it in polycup we're down to where are we down to two now two yep so two polycup per block down from five on launch day uh, so we're down to 40% of the emissions. That's going to be cut again 
on Friday down to one, and then from there it's going monthly, right? From one to a half to a quarter. To, so yeah, and one for a while. yeah, and I think uh, I think a big factor that people miss on that is that you know the right now there's all this polycub being emitted and, and flooding the market like um, it's uh, which is per day. Uh, let's see. It is about it's it's roughly eighty six thousand polycub a day, I think, right now. Um, that is that is basically emitted per block. So, so at that at those figures, um, I think I think what's interesting is that that's going to go down to forty three thousand. And uh, I actually think let me see here if I can pull it. Um, Taskmaster posted this chart that I guess he said that one alpha made, I think, um, which basically tracks the, the emissions rate of polycub and how it's changing over time. So right now we're in, uh, what, March 29th, his, his last one was March 26th, which is week three. So that's eight, 872,000 new polycub a week, um, is created. And then next week that drops down to 620,000 a week. It doesn't actually make sense. He must he must be including airdrops or something in there too. Um, or no, he starts it on week five. Okay, so we're at six hundred twenty thousand a week right now, and we'll drop down to three hundred sixty eight thousand a week after that. Um, and I haven't checked these numbers, but I'm pretty sure they're right. Um, but basically, what what I think is interesting is that right now we've got this huge emissions rate and there's so many, so many new polycubs entering the market every single day. And, you know, what happens when that, when that is a lot lower. And, uh, you know, I think we saw, I think we saw some ridiculous volatility in the, in the first one and two weeks. And then obviously the volatility is reduced in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, in the last week compared to those weeks. So it's, uh, I'm kind of interested to see what happens after this next reduction, especially because people will know that uh, then the one after that will be a month later. So whatever yields we end up at after this next uh, happening is going to be uh, is going to be interesting because we'll sit there for a while. But I think the factor that a lot of people miss is that um, you know once once the emissions rate is reduced in half and we see half as much polycub basically entering the market and being sold every single day, um, I think. You know, we, we could see some positive things happen to the price, which obviously affects Kingdom's yield because Kingdom's yield is factoring in the the value of Polycub versus the value of the Kingdom's assets. Um, so, kind of considering that the whole crypto market is up right now, and then the and then the the Polycub price is down in the last week. Um, you know, yields have been affected by that pretty pretty heavily. So, um, if we see something interesting happen happen after this next happening, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch the yields go back up, um, even though the the emissions themselves are lower. So, a um, couple of things I'm watching are, are like bonding and and protocol liquidity and how that is all factoring into into this dropping emissions rate. Because obviously we've got well, we've essentially th this next week is kind of a critical week because because we're we're exiting the launch phase and entering in the the sustainability phase. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are your guys' opinions about about where we're at in the uh, in the emissions schedule, and and if you've taken a look at at this chart from from One Alpha? I haven't seen this particular chart before, but uh, but yeah, I've been you know monitoring the emissions. You know, it's it's distribution time, so 
this is the time to get your public code position in place. And so I've been, uh, so, you know, in the first days I took advantage of, of a lot of the volatility, you know, I, I did some decent trading um, and uh, racked up a whole giant bag of polycut inside the ex-poly vault. And uh, now I'm just, I'm just, you know, staking, you know, taking my, my farmer, my kingdom rewards and my airdrop and just piling all into ex-polycut. And then, uh, and then, and then when bonding, sir. <laughs> soon you mentioned it in your in your list there and last week you said you thought it was going to be last week yeah you got a little preview post uh, on, on leo you had a little teaser of the ui and stuff so, yeah yeah uh, yeah i released the ui and and talked about you know more of the mechanics behind bonding um i want to see a little bit more testing happen before we uh before we release it i just want to make sure that the rollout is smooth on that end Last thing I want is is a non-smooth. Last thing I want is a rough rollout of, of bonding. Okay, that's fair. But I think uh, I think we're. Any... What's that? I was just, do you have any projections as to when that'll be? Soon, Some, Soon. somewhere in the universe. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I hate to say again that I think it, it'll be this week, but I think it'll be this week. Okay. Let me ask a different version of the same question. Once bonds are live on Polycub, how long do you think it'll be from there to bonds being live on Cub DeFi? Um, probably not very long because essentially it's all just forkable backwards, right? So it's as soon as we're confident that everything's working properly on the Polycub bonds, and we can just do Cub bonds whenever we want. Um, so I would say I would say within I would say we we would be talking weeks. So in terms of time frame, we'd be talking weeks. Right. These are calendar weeks or actually <laughs> <laughs> these are these are let's just say let's just say calendar weeks just to be safe. Okay. All right. Uh, what about you, uh, Mitch? What do you think about the, the different phases that we're going through here with Polyco? Um, I mean, be honest with you. <clears throat> I'm not exactly going to probably be sounds like a cheerleader for bonding. Uh, I'm more so excited about the collateralization lending because like, I don't know, I could be missing something, but for me, it's like, I look at bonding as a way for me to buy polycub at a discount. Right. Well, that and actually, I'm, so yeah, I was just asking uh, for user of the platform, what's the purpose or value of buying bonds? Is it just to hope to get polycub at a discount? So, so, and maybe, you know, you guys can, you know, add to it. So from my simple mind, it's just, Hey, I can get polycope at a discount, but I'm kind of already done with my ac acquisition, you know, phase. Um, so I don't know when I'll be bonding. Um, maybe I'll do it if I see, you know, a nice discount and I'm just like, sweet, you know, I'm gonna just get it cheap and then I can do whatever I'm going to do with it, you know, um, speculate, um, or, uh, just decide to, you know, um, stake more, but, uh, well, the yeah. thing about the thing about bonding to remember is that it's more like a, it's more like a trading mechanic than anything else. So, you know, I, I would, I would view it a lot differently than accumulating. Obviously some people will still, obviously some people would use it to accumulate because you would say, okay, I can, I can go out and buy, I can go out and buy polycub on the open market, uh, right now, or I can look at the bonds real quick and see what the discounted rate is. The thing about the discounted rate is that, 
it has to factor in the the APY that you would that you would essentially be missing out on over the seven days, and and obviously that'll that'll be a lot of a lot of variables to uh, to mix spreadsheet. But the uh, the important thing about bonding is that it is it is essentially a, a trading mechanism, like you know, very similar to like an HBD uh, mechanism. Where like um, you know if you looked at if you look at HBD in, in certain moments and you can basically convert it on the Hive blockchain over a three and a half day period, and some people have have run the math in, in different scenarios and can can basically pull out a few points on on each trade uh, when they convert some HBD. So bonding is is kind of a similar mechanic where yeah you could use it to accumulate more polycub or you could use it on a on a short term trade and. And essentially, just make a couple percentage uh, percentage points, and and it's just a just a mechanic that you can that you can make basically leverage. And the the value there is that the user might make a few percent, and then the the protocol is obviously is obviously exchanging that polycub back to the market for for the whatever bonds it, it has on there. So um, you know, the higher that protocol liquidity, the the better the platform is. So I think a lot of people have missed the idea that. You look at the market cap of, of Polycub right now; it's about just over two million. And uh, so let's let's say that protocol and liquidity is is a million dollars or two million dollars. Um, it's it's pretty crazy to think about that. Let's just say that the protocol liquidity is two million, um, and at this current Polycub price, obviously with the emissions rate, it, it changes over time. But um, it's it's kind of interesting to think that the risk free value would actually be the current price right now, which is which is 49 cents. Um, so, so obviously that'll change as, as the supply changes, but um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting to start calculating risk-free value. And, and I showed a little teaser of that, that protocol liquidity page, and, and we're going to be adding a lot of, a lot of uh, basically tracking, uh, tracking statistics on there for, for risk-free value and, and uh, essentially what that protocol and liquidity is doing. Yeah. Um... You know, as far as as far as value to the user, you know, it's I mean, you just have to make your own investment decisions as far as like, you know, is is trading this LP asset worth the stream of polycom over the next, you know, five, seven days, whatever it is, uh, you know, at the given numbers. Uh, but the, the, the as far as I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, Cal, the the goal of the whole thing is to incentivize, uh, you know, incentivize users to, to sell their LP assets to the protocol. And then the protocol does two things. Really. One is that if it's a polycub LP, then you are increasing stability by deepening liquidity. And if it's a non-polycub LP, then you are increasing, you know, outside earnings coming into the platform and then, you know, supporting the, the token buybacks at that, when that phase kicks in. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, it's all a way to incentivize the user to kickstart that whole process. Um, the uh, and you know how's that was asking you know how will emissions rates affect APR for staking Polycub? Um, the uh, you know it's it's all going to be tied together, right? So emissions rates are dropping, bond rates or bonds are are going live here soon, and you know that's all going to affect the. The APR of everything, right? Because because the APRs are defined by how much polycub you're getting, so emissions rate goes in there, but also how how much those polycub are worth. And you know, theoretically, you know, assuming that the uh, 
bonding goes well and then it, it incentivizes people and then that starts to starts to build that whole, uh, that whole protocol and liquidity process then that should support the price even though the emissions are lower so so aprs will change <laughs> yeah it's it's uh i mean i i think what we're watching play out right now is the first kind of like I, I, I've not seen a DeFi platform attempt what we're, we're trying to do yet, um, which is essentially just to create a platform where you can actually have sustainable yield that is, that is predictable and, and, uh, and, and the native token is deflationary over time. And, and obviously, you know, when you combine that protocol liquidity with, with this emissions rate that is, that is just drying up over the next couple of months, um, I think it's... Um, I think it's just the first, the first in a long line of a new wave of of what can be done with yield optimizers on on different blockchains. So, um, yeah, the yeah, Wu was saying focus on demand and not scarcity. Yeah, it's it's definitely. And I put up a post on the at Leo Finance account like two or three days ago, where I talked about utility and scarcity. So you, if you just have scarcity, like obviously you can have a one of one, and if nobody wants it, then it's not worth anything. Um, so scarcity on its, on its own is, is worthless. Uh, when you combine scarcity with, with utility, that's where you get value. So, uh, you look at like Bitcoin and you've got scarcity, but then you've also got the utility of, you know, um, permissionless, uh, you know, uh, a permissionless store of value and, and, uh, you know, remittances and, and all sorts of other use cases for Bitcoin. And that's where you get the, that's where you get the value that there's, there's scarcity, but then there's also things that you can do with it. So there's a reason why people want to buy it. Um, with, with Polycub, that's essentially what we're building, um, just in a, in a slightly different way, which is that we've got that scarcity and, uh, and that's being built through that, that dropping emissions rate. So there's, there's only going to be about 7 million Polycub that are ever created. Um, and then, and then if we can combine enough utility, uh, with that scarcity, that's where you get, uh, you know, a scenario where Polycub actually increases in price over time, uh, similar to Bitcoin, you know, over long time frames. Um, and, and the utility will be, and, and I put it in that post, the utility will be driven in a lot of different ways, but, but essentially, you know, imagine, imagine a few months from now where you're, you're holding X polycub, um, and it's, and it's an extremely scarce asset, um, and you're earning, you know, 30 to 50% APY on it, uh, sustainably. And then on top of that, you can, you can collateralize it and take a loan against it, um, and, uh, and, and essentially you have a self-paying loan against your ex-polycub stake. Um, and then I talked about this as well, that, that we've, we've basically been building uh, the next stage after, after lending, which is you know, some other utility features. Um, one of them is that essentially if you're holding and, and anchor on, on, uh, on Terra is, is essentially doing this as well, um, coming up with, with basically this variable emissions rate. So it's... it's um, you know, it's not an equal emissions rate, basically, for everyone who's staking on kingdoms, um, and and it's basically it's basically variable depending on how much Polycub you have staked. So, let's say you've got you know a hundred thousand dollars in in Polycub kingdoms. Uh, when we release this few, uh, feature, you know, say July August timeframe, um, essentially the the earnings rate that you have. If you have no polycub staked, it will be lower than if you have polycub staked. And there's going to be a percentage of your kingdom stake that needs to be polycub um, that will essentially get you that full stake. And, and this is a similar model to what like Curve has uh, and a few other platforms. Yeah. So on, uh, on Curve, you, uh, that's where I first got into DeFi. You have their CRV token and they have 
variable rewards for each pool, depending on how much locked CRV you have put in. And you and the locks are not like not like with Vex Polytub where you can redeem it whatever you want. It's locks for a time period. So like I have four year locked CRV, which I'm now into year two of. So I have like two and three quarters of a year left before those get unlocked. But you know, at when I when I put those in, I just kind of mentally said, okay, I'm never getting these tokens back. In four years, it's just like you know, eternity in crypto. Um, so, but I made you know, I did the math, and I was like, well, even even so, if I lose this entirely, it's still worth it because of the increase in yield on on these particular farms that I was in. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that all works. Um, we got a bunch of questions though uh, regarding all that. So. Um, one was, I mean, you mentioned HBD. Is 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 Polycub bonding? Can that be compared to HBD savings, where you're earning twelve percent? Um, no. So that would be um, HBD savings is different. I, I would compare it more to HBD conversions. If you had to compare, it. obviously, it's not the same. But if you had to compare it to something, um, that's kind of where I go for for high people that that you could compare it to HBD uh, conversions, just because it's a basically a fixed window of time. So for HBD conversions, it's three and a half days. Um, and if you time it correctly, you can usually crank out a few percentage uh, ROI on on HBD conversions. So um, that's that's kind of how I would compare compare bonding to to that because I, I think and and obviously this is speculation but I think the way that bonding is going to play out is that it's going to be you know a low positive percent on on staking assets into the bonds so you might make three percent you might make seven percent um, and obviously that's that's all based on competition over the bonds um, but that's that's kind of how I expect that to play out. So I, I think bonding is going to be used more like a trading mechanic to uh, to crank out some percentages, um, and and you know if you want to accumulate polycub, you'll you'll kind of do it through bonds. If uh, just kind of depending on on obviously the market dynamics, because there's a maximum at any given time that you can bond. Um, so you know some people have basically said uh, there's been a question about bonds that if if you can buy polycub at a discount through a bond, why would you buy it on the market? Um, that that is true if you if you imagine that there's unlimited polycub available in the bonds. But the thing is, there isn't an unlimited amount of polycub in the bonds. So um, you may be able to buy you know a thousand polycub through the bonds before the ROI starts to dip negative. Um, and if that happens, then obviously you'd rather buy it on the market. Um, so it's 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 kind of like this self this self uh, kind of like this self correcting process where um, you know if, if so many people buy bonds because they want to buy polycub that it starts to drive the bonds uh, to a negative ROI, um, then people will start buying Polycub on the market, which will drive up the price of Polycub, which will make the bonds a little bit more profitable. So it kind of it kind of self-corrects itself. And uh, you had mentioned the, um, uh, you know, you said, you know, imagine that future scenario where you're, you're in X Polycub and it's earning, you know, 30, 50%. Where does the yield come from after the emissions dry up? Yeah, so you know that thirty to fifty percent is based on some math that I've I've basically run and and some scenarios that we've mapped out you know as a team to kind of figure out where where this stuff is going to end up. If you if you basically consider certain levels of protocol liquidity um, and uh, you know certain bonding rates and and APYs, so and then obviously the polycub price starts to take a factor in, in kingdoms yield and and other things, but. Um, 
essentially that 30 to 50% in the X polycub stake is based on what we expect the protocol liquidity to be buying back from the market and deploying into the liquidity pools. And then it also, it also factors in a certain amount of early harvesting uh, claims. So, um, so X polycub basically earns a percentage of the emissions rate plus um, the 100% of the 50% um, early harvesting penalties. So, so basically there's, there's a flow of polycub into that vault from the emissions rate. And then on top of that, you have those bigger, those bigger hits of, of anyone who wants instant liquidity on their harvest basically has to pay that 50% penalty to all X polycub stakes. Uh, stakeholders. So when you factor in how much that protocol liquidity is going to be buying and deploying into the liquidity pool every day um, and compare it to how much polycub is, is expected to be staked in X polycub, that's kind of where we came up with the 30 to 50% um, base APY over the, over the long run. Yeah, so you have P. Matt saying when emissions go to zero, that's from the protocol liquidity. So protocol liquidity will buy polycub daily on the market um, and deploy it into the daily liquidity pool. So, so think of think of it as the emissions rate right now is deploying constant polycub into that pool um, every single day. And once the emissions rate dry up, essentially they they go they start to get closer and closer to zero over the next couple months. Um, when when they start getting to near zero, that's when the protocol liquidity starts to kick in and buy polycub every single day. So. You've, you've basically got this stream of polycub into the into the daily LP incentive pool from emissions. And then once that ends, then you've got a new stream of polycub that's entering that pool uh, from the protocol liquidity buying polycub every single day. So it creates it creates constant buy demand on polycub and essentially just drops it into that pool. Um, yeah, it's it's purchased from the market, which is which is kind of if you map this out, and, and this is where we kind of got got into the weeds on on the 90 day harvesting rates and, and everything um, when we initially designed Polycub. But if you if you kind of map this out, it's it's really interesting because basically what the protocol liquidity is doing is going out and buying Polycub uh, every single day on the market, and then it's dropping it in the LP incentive pool, um, and that's for the kingdoms, the farms, and X Polycub. So. Um, on the kingdoms and farms, they're subject to that 90-day harvesting uh, harvesting uh, unlock period. Um, so what's kind of interesting, if, if you assume, like let's just say, just to make it easy, if you assume that 100% of polycub that is that is earned through harvesting on farms and kingdoms, 100% um, of those earnings are waiting the 90-day period out. Essentially, then what the protocol liquidity is doing is buying polycub every single day and locking it for 90 days. Um, because you're you're dropping it into that LP incentive pool, and those LPs aren't withdrawing it right away. So you're just locking up more and more polycub uh, that can't be unlocked for another 90 days. Um, so that's obviously an interesting scenario. But then you have to to imagine that that obviously there's more variables. Like some people are going to early harvest, and obviously that's going to lead back into X polycub. Um, but but what I think is I think it, what is going to be fun to watch play out is how much that protocol liquidity is able to buy every single day. And you know what the sustainable levels of polycub are, and then obviously where those yields even out at for kingdoms. Um, the you know the entire point of polycub is is so that our community can go out to different blockchains and and yield optimize. So like if you've got like I think everyone in Leo has some amount of Bitcoin, some amount of Ethereum, um, some amount of stable coins, and we all want to pool it on different platforms and and maximize our yield. Um, so the point of polycub is is you know multifold, but but one major thing is that 
just it, we would be able to go out and go to different blockchains and, and stake our assets and, and earn yield in a sustainable and trustable uh, environment. And, and that's what Polycub is about. Um, and then obviously you have the other missions of Polycub, like creating a P Leo pool that is incentivized so that we can build liquidity for Leo Bridge. Um, so all this stuff just kind of comes into comes into play. But um, I, I think that that yield question gets very interesting come you know July timeframe. So uh, about July, you know, my frequency is setting that you know, so the so the plan is. For now, binding is going to go live, but the protocol-owned liquidity will not be buying Polycub off the market for another couple months. Right. So, what is it doing until then? Um, why is there, a, you know, different dates? Why does it not just kick in automatically? Uh, so, yeah, what's the story with that? Yeah. So, so essentially, what what we've what we've decided with the protocol and liquidity is that it will kick in. It will kick in once those emissions rates start to get closer to zero. Um, and, and part of the reason for that is that the protocol liquidity is just going to compound on itself up until that point. Um, and it's basically, it's basically going to allow time for the protocol liquidity to start to, uh, to kickstart all the bonding and, and basically bolster its, bolster its initial treasury. Um, and, and then obviously once, once the, cause there, there isn't really, it's all kind of based on the need for the protocol liquidity. So you know, right now we have high emissions rate and there's plenty of yield on the platform. We have no need to be buying Polycub and, and adding to that, adding to that APY essentially. Um, when that need starts to kick in, you know, like I said, around the, you know, July-ish timeframe, uh, that's when the protocol liquidity starts to, starts to essentially kick in and, and bolster the yield. And um, one thing I've been wondering is, you know, so Polycub going through this happening thing, at what point, uh, does it actually just fully stop? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So, um, Mr. Tats asked it, when Curve Kingdom start compounding. They already are. If you check your position, um, they have been for I think a little over a week now. We fixed the uh, the server and we're looking good. Um, but I'm pulling up this chart that one alpha made. Um, so if you look at, and I dropped it in chat, if anyone wants to scroll up to that, I obviously haven't checked his numbers against the ones that I've got, but I think they're, you know, just at a glance, they're accurate. Um, when you look at this, so we're in week, we're in week four right now. Um, technically when week five starts, that's when we hit the, the last weekly happening. Um, so that'll bring us right now, we're at 620,000 new polycub per week. Uh, week five will be at 368,000 per week. And then um, it'll drop a month after that. So then week nine, we dropped down to 192,000. Um, and then obviously we keep dropping from there. So eventually you see, we get out to like, like I said, like that July timeframe, we're looking at like 15,000 polycub a week, which is obviously very low compared to where we're at now. Right, yes, low, but so does it just keep happening every month or do, is there an actual zero point? It just keeps happening every single month um, until it basically reaches fractions of Polycub. So, yeah. Because, I, I mean, if you yeah. look out, and, and I don't know if this is right, but if you look out at his chart, week 53, so essentially a year after launch, it's 62 Polycub a week. Right. Which is practically zero. I, I just thought I had heard you say at some point that it was actually turning off. But 
I might be misremembering that. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Um, kind of all different stuff. Yeah, this chat's chat's saying didn't see an announcement about getting fixed. Not not all fixes are announced. I will tell you that. Yeah, stuff just some of those smaller bug fixes we just kind of do them. We don't always announce. Yeah. Um, See. Trying to understand this comment from how's that polycup harvesting penalty, 50% harvest claims, base APY. I think he was answering somebody else. Yeah, so uh, like I said last week, at at the as of a week or two ago, 90% of harvests were paying the 450. And uh, as a result of that. 61% of all polycub emissions were hitting the ex polycub vault, which is kind of an incredible number. So, you know, stay early, stay off. Right? <laughs> and we are in the last week or two of, of the massive distribution phase. So, if you haven't gotten your position in, you don't want to. Um, yeah. How so is the. The best time to plant a tree was yesterday. Second best time yeah. is now. Yep. Pretty much. I think I'm still number two in the X Poly Club uh, holdings. But uh, there's been some competition lately. <laughs> All Mitch's friends coming in, throwing their whale money around. Yeah, Walter's got a lot. I didn't realize that he posted on Twitter. He's been accumulating. Yeah. He uh, went all in. He's literally exclusively an ex-Polycub right now. That's all of his crypto or? or No, just in terms of what he has on Polycub. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't think he has any forms or like whatever that was two weeks ago. He was just like, what am, he's like, ex-Polycub is the play. And just flipped everything into it. Anything that he had on Polycub went into ex-Polycub. That Which, is that is the move. Um, I mean, I that's why we need bots because the the liquidity pools aren't deep enough. Yeah, I'm in I'm in two farms, three kingdoms, and X Poly because that's what I do. I take one for the team and make sure I got some liquidity provided. <laughs> so Cal just dropped the link. Why would anyone buy Polycub one year from now? Yeah, so, so I, sorry, I've seen this. Uh, I've seen this question a lot, and then and then how's that? Just basically mentioned how are you guys working to to draw demand to for buying Polycub? So I basically broke out this this tweet storm to answer all these questions that I kept seeing. All the wins, I answered them all in uh, in better than a soon. Um, and basically, I said there's there's essentially three main reasons um, that that someone would hold Polycub. Uh, or buy Polycub a year from now. Um, and, and I broke that down as, as you can earn long-term yield on, on Polycub, which is a scarce asset. So imagine holding a scarce asset where you can earn yield. So think of it like holding like a Bitcoin type of asset in terms of scarcity and earning some sort of yield on that, breaking out to maybe 30 to 50% APY uh, for the long run. Um, so that's reason number one, earn yield on a scarce asset. Uh, number two is leverage that scarce asset for collateralized loans. So, you know, what 
what is, you know, one of the driving factors for, for selling an asset is you sell an asset so that you can either buy another asset or buy something in real life or whatever. Um, essentially you sell that asset for liquidity. Um, so, you know, creating, creating demand for not selling Polycub or holding Polycub long-term uh, is essentially being able to leverage that for a, for a collateralized loan, which if you go more in depth on, on how that all works, essentially that's generating more yield for the protocol and liquidity because um, the protocol liquidity can stack yield uh, from those collateralized loans, uh, which we can obviously dive more into. Um, and then the third reason is, is hold it as a percentage of your portfolio to, to maximize the yield you're earning on Kingdom. So very similar to like Neil was saying, uh, saying about the curve stake. Um, you know, that would be like the third reason is if you've got $100,000 in, in Kingdoms and you want to optimize the yield that you're earning there, um, the idea is that you would have to have a percentage of your portfolio as, as X polycub uh, in order to earn the full yield offered uh, by Kingdoms. Those are good reasons. Yeah. So those are basically the top three, top three reasons why you would buy and hold. Polycub. I was just, I was just looking at the holders of, of X polycub. I'm no longer number two. It's very sad. Um, I'm in the top 10 still. <laughs> Edua, where do you see that again? Uh, if you go to the contract view on, um, or the, the token view on the Polygon scan of the X Polycub contract, then you can see holders. I think I've avoided looking because I don't want to see how far down I am. <laughs> I just like, I have 1.59% of the pool. Okay. My goal, right. to, my, my goal is to stay above one percent <laughs> yeah yeah uh one percent's a, a good a good number to be you know a significant player in any particular thing um i've been <laughs> i've been wondering this about sbs lately because uh, you know that's gonna inflate up to uh, three billion like one percent is is a lot uh right now i'm at like two percent or something like that not sure I'm going to get there on that one, but uh, you know, one percent of anything. Imagine you had one percent of Bitcoin, you know, back in '21 or something. That would be awesome. <laughs> Obviously, you know, the successful things are the ones that make you wish you had done more. Like, uh, like you know, Rune's been flying the last couple of days. Rune has been uh, mooning. Yeah. So uh, I actually sold a small portion of of my my room and uh, you know i wish i had gone back and when when prof k was telling me about it in was it summer of 2020 or something and i you know i bought some then and it was just sad. It was 500 bucks or something i mean hell even just buying it on this last you know move it was bouncing off at 350 yeah three times looking like things were going to get ugly and i didn't add any 350 i had added I know I gotta look at the chart, it'll refresh my memory, but um I added after it sold off a bunch and it was still relatively high compared to 350. But that's you know that ad is up hundred percent at this point because it's what is it like 12 now? Yeah. I was just looking, it's 1231. Yeah, later today. Um I'm gonna do a little review and I might actually uh book some rune also. Yeah, it was um, it was good. Yeah, you know, supposedly there's new UIs and stuff coming. But, uh, nice. 
Yeah, Rune is now number 39 on on the market cap rankings. I think it got all the way down to like 89 at some point. So during during the three months it was offline entirely. (laughs) Yeah. So which is amazing that you know you have something like that go down and it doesn't just pretty much make your project, you know, DOA. Yeah. It's a, it's a testament to their tokenomics that, um, you know, the, uh, and their community. Yeah. Because, you know, so many people, well, not so many, but um, the large holders are, were locked up through their black hole you know, approach. And then the, uh, the small holders, you know, they still should, they still had faith in the, you know, the cross chain native asset vision, uh, which is working out. And they just added Terra and uh, UST. So it's, uh, things are fine. I'm just, the thing I can't wait for is either Haven or Monero. It's, that'll be exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Thorchain is a game changer. Been saying it since 40 cents. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, Cal, you, you've got millions of room. So, uh, when are we getting our our pool? They raised the caps recently. They did. We add to of uh, Terra. Yeah, they raised the caps very significantly. Um, from I don't remember what it was. I mean, it was probably like twenty five million, and now it's at five hundred million is the max amount of room. So they just yeah. they just mooned the caps like they mooned the price. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's actually. Is UST trading at 1.14? That's interesting. Yeah, 14% premium. Um, anyways, the shorted, uh, shorted. shorted. Uh, the the wrapped Leo pool is going to be in the Sooniverse on on Thorchain, and uh, and a big thing that we're doing right now is so the, the the kind of roadmap for that is obviously we need to finish some work on the Leo Bridge UI for for uh, BSC to Polygon. Um, and uh, basically, when when we've got that bridge working working smoothly, uh, we'll be we'll be deploying Raptleo onto uh, Thorchain. And then what's going to happen with that is that uh, Leo Bridges UI will get extended to Thorchain as well. Um, so now, obviously, with Luna and the UST integrations, it's it's getting very interesting to see that that when Raptleo is on there, you'll be able to basically route to any of these currencies. So um, you know when. When when the cat is at a, a 10x convention, he'll be able to tell people here. You just send your USDC on on Leo Dex, and you can route it out uh, and buy basically basically buy Leo with USDC uh, native from Coinbase. So um, that'd be so huge. Yeah, and and the way we're the basically we're we're building the Leo Bridge UI from scratch right now, and the way that it's going to work, uh, it's actually going to be a whole new version of Leo Dex. Uh, where kind of the Dex, the, the whole concept of, of the Leo Dex UI is going to be changed. Um, and and a, basically the, the homepage of it is going to be focused around swapping uh, through Leo Bridge, uh, which is going to make it super easy where you can just like literally just send in USDC and and uh, paste your, your output address. And then you just send USDC in and output whatever you want. And it's, and it's literally that easy. And it's all happening through smart contracts on, on chain. So you can... Uh, you can essentially watch those trades go through. Yeah, uh, I was just looking at the UST pool on Runa on, on Runa, uh, and 
it is at a dollar fourteen, but uh, all the transactions are showing refunds. So uh, wrong with the pool. Yeah, I did hear something about a chain halt for Luna. Yeah, Luna is having a chain halt, so that's potentially we'll see a drop in the room price, and then we can pick up more. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then it's just then it's just uh, people unable to ARP if if Luna is or Terra is properly halted. I'm so excited to do some some ARB there, but I'm sure everybody else will beat me to it because the bots are queued up as we speak. I, I'm only angry at the bots because I don't have them. So if I knew how to code, I would. Because you know the um, what is that app that they have? That wallet called is a Terra station, a moon station. Uh, it works really well. Uh, and you know, it's got a it's got a Chrome or Chromium plugin that you can just bridge straight in. It's it's very easy. Uh, Crypto Lemon just took out a 10 million loan to sh to short it. <laughs> yeah. Very sad, not gonna work. If only. Flash load, way back in the same block. I wonder if you could make a flash load work on, <coughs> on an actual room transaction. Probably could. I'm sure someone will figure it out. Because I mean, they were doing the, the ETH side exploits, but that was just on the ETH side. And you flow through into other things. Interesting stuff, though. So yeah, that'd be that'd be super exciting if we get the uh, Leo bridged up through the ERC twenty sec with Ford Chain and Full Swap, I guess. Um, so there have been uh, I've seen in Discords people still having problems with with Leo Bridge. What's going on there? What's the status? Um, well, so some people are having problems with wrapping, or at least they were. Um, uh, which is different than Leo Bridge. So, so you know, P Leo wrapping is is um, you know just the the wrapping process. Um, but then, but then Leo Bridge is actually working fully for on the on the back end. You know, you can interact directly with a smart contract, and and you can use Leo Bridge to go from BSC to Polygon. Um, Doesn't it use just, wrapping though? It does utilize the wrapping. Yeah, um, but those the the people that are having issues are just having issues with wrapping. And I think there's just about three people left um, that have issues with it, but uh, yeah. Is that, uh, I mean, can you, can you tell us what the issue was and was it fixed or yeah. is it a um, thing? Yeah, so the issues, the issues that they were having were with the Polygon blocks. Um, obviously Polygon works a little bit differently than, than like Binance Smart Chain in terms of block times and, and you know, not necessarily outages, but kind of like, like I guess you can classify everything as a node issue, but it's basically a node issue uh, with Polygon. Um, but yeah, we basically added a little delay in the wrapping and now it's all good. Um, so I, I have not seen, I've been watching for failed wraps and I have not seen one over the last like 72 hours at least. That's good to hear. But the majority uh, of wraps, like 99.9% .9 of wraps have no issues. Uh, it's just those few edge cases that we had to work on. Okay. How are we coming along in terms of like uh, liquidity displays and 
so people don't try to send too much. Yeah, that's all uh, being built into the new Leo Dex UI. Um, so I'll probably start talking about the new Leo Dex UI in the next maybe couple of weeks, um, and basically what we're doing there. But but we're essentially building a brand new Leo Dex, kind of like how we did for Hive Stats. We built a brand new Hive Stats UI from scratch. Uh, we're essentially doing the same with with Leo Dex. Um, so we're building a brand new Leo Dex UI from scratch, which is obviously going to have a lot of Leo Bridge components and uh, Thor Chain components. Um, it's going to be very heavily focused on Leo Bridge and what we're working on there. All right. So I think we're all caught up on questions. Seems to be chatter. Just looking at places. Twitter still a giant mess. <laughs> no tracking anything. But okay. Um, yeah. So we've transitioned for uh, you know at least a few minutes here, and obviously Bitcoin is up to what is it forty seven. 47390, we had a nice big big green candle over the last, uh, I don't know, couple of days. And uh, what do you see, what do you see that portending for the market? I'll let Mitch take that one first. Um, so I'm, uh, department. I'm busy about, to, I mean, I got, I got lucky, so to speak, and Bitcoin kind of did what my assumption was, but uh, I'm busy shilling um, in uh, Discord. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I want to be clear. I am no way affiliated with affiliated with this. All I did was provide a logo to this whatever for filler and said, "Here you go. Have at it. Make make some stuff available." So everything is you can buy it from them. They fulfill it all that good stuff i am not involved so don't hit up the cat for swag uh, <laughs> i am not affiliated <laughs> just need a hat um but yeah so cat you had said in the past uh what, what were the ranges it was 35 to 45 were the, were the levels yeah we've been stuck in the 35 to 45 ish area for like two months or so and i was just like until we break one of those levels is really nothing to talk about so um you know while i was away which seems to be the theme uh bitcoin finally broke out which sucks because um i uh was uh hoping to get some more bitcoin before that happened especially since some of said bitcoin got converted into polycub and needed <laughs> to be needed to be bought back so that sort of backfired on me, but I guess in the end, I got more action on poly poly club platform. So, oh yeah, sure. But, uh, yeah, so I did, um, I think, uh, my post, I did a Leo, uh, Leo finance post yesterday, I think, uh, what a quick review. I mean, it wasn't anything too, uh, in depth, but I just talked about the break and the levels that, um, we're looking at the next two upside levels. And then obviously uh, the fact that it's, you know, hitting its head on the 200 day moving average right now, which I don't really 
give too much credence to with crypto. I feel like the 200 day moving average on the daily chart really comes into play way less often than it does actually, you know, do something. So anyway, I dropped the post into the uh, AMA. So um, yeah, I mean, really now it's just, okay, if we get a pullback or some profit taking, do we hold 45? You know, do we hold that now uh, potential demand zone after it was resistance for so long? And then uh, on the upside, it's just like, all right, what happens when we get to um, the next levels? Uh, I think it was like 53 or something like that was that last clear top. And then there's another one at 50. I don't know. I got to look. What is it? Uh, yeah, we got a clear reversal at the um, 51,000 area. And then uh, after that, there's a ton of old price action at 53 and change. So that's what I'm looking at for next upsides is uh, 51 or 53. But uh, we'll see. I mean, we've seen consolidations at this 47, 48 level uh, several other times over the last um, six months. And uh, again, it's just happened at the 200 day. RSI is uh, on the high side right now. So um, profit taking would not surprise me. And uh, as long as, again, as long as we hold, you know, 45 uh, on that potential profit taking, then I think that confirms the breakout for sure. So um, things are looking more bullish than they were a month ago. So, um, so Cal, let me ask you, are we back to bull mode? Bull mode? Yeah. I, uh, I think sentiment definitely is back in, in bull mode. Um, I don't really know. I don't really know where we're at crypto market wise. I think, uh, you know, I've obviously been pretty head down on, on more, you know, developing, uh, for stuff. Um, but, um, you know, I think uh, I think what's interesting about what we're seeing in the crypto markets right now is that is that the the buying pressure is a lot different than than it used to be. So the narrative is very heavily focused on institutional buying, and obviously now with with Doquan buying buying billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin, there's a lot of focus on this idea lately that that uh, a lot of the buying pressure of Bitcoin is going to be either institutional or it's going to be uh, protocol level buying. So uh, if anyone doesn't know, this is maybe a good good little news piece to cover. Uh, Doquan, basically the you know the the leader of of Terra and, and UST, um, is uh, you know the co-founder is basically buying Bitcoin with the UST Treasury. Um, so drop a little link in chat, but but essentially what he's doing is he's taking the UST Treasury, which has recently been you know, kind of, kind of hit with some, some FUD about, about essentially that, that UST is, is provably not backed. And it's not like they're even trying to be backed by dollars. Um, but people basically gave them a lot of, a lot of shit for not being backed by dollars, um, uh, with the UST, uh, token, um, they're in, instead of backing it by dollars, they have, they have a more protocol level, um, system, sustainability, you know, mechanic built in. So, when you when you mint one UST, you burn one Luna, and uh, and you can also do the reverse, which is how basically it, it evens its price out. You can you can uh, destroy one UST to get one US dollar worth of Terra uh, worth of Luna. Um, 
So, so it's kind of this interesting mechanism that kind of feeds back into itself. Um, but then, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people basically, basically questioned the, the backing of the treasury and, and everything like that. So um, their, their, uh, their organization is uh, funnily named Luna Foundation Guard, which is uh, LFG. Um, and basically their, their plans are um, to basically acquire $3 billion worth of Bitcoin. And, uh, and if you look longer term, they, they want to build like a $10 billion fund that backs UST. Um, so I guess there's a couple of interesting things to this. There's a couple of people who are, who are basically speaking out against uh, what they're doing and saying that it's, it adds even more blow up risk to the, to the UST token. Uh, the fact that, you know, they're adding some sort of treasury reserve of Bitcoin, um, because basically when the Bitcoin price goes down, you know, usage of stable coins goes down, um, attention on crypto goes down and people are saying it causes cascading potential failure. Um, other people look at it similar to how they looked at MicroStrategy, which is that it's a bet on the future of Bitcoin and, and digital currencies as a whole. And uh, if, if basically if the, if the uh, Terra treasury holds, um, all this Bitcoin and crypto continues to grow, then it's just going to get exponentially more valuable. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's a cool strategy. I think, I think uh, essentially Polycub is a miniature version of that where the protocol owned liquidity owns a bunch of Bitcoin. Obviously it's not only Bitcoin, it's, it's Bitcoin and stable coins and Ethereum. Um, but, but I do think this treasury strategy of holding digital assets, whether it's stable coins or Bitcoin or Ethereum is, uh, is kind of, kind of the, the future of, of both protocols and institutions. Um, so I don't know what, what you guys think about, about Doquan and, and everything that's happening right now. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly interesting. Um, I, I've been confused as to the strategy uh, and I haven't done the research to really dive into it deeply, but you know, USD is, is an algorithm stable, right? It's, you know, the whole thing was based on the conversion. So right. what does the treasury of Bitcoin add to it? see the mechanism but maybe they've added something that yeah i don't i don't think it really adds much it's just kind of the nice to have type of thing yeah it's just kind of similar to yeah kind of similar to uh you know polycub protocol liquidity where the protocol liquidity technically kind of backs polycub as in you have that risk-free value uh but at the same time there's no mechanism to convert polycub back into the protocol liquidity and, and take a dollar worth of polycub out of the liquidity um, so well, I think that's, that's pretty much what you. So I, dis is doing. I disagree there, just because. So when the when the protocol uh, on liquidity starts buying Polycub from the market, that is a feedback mechanism. Uh, True. So that, but I guess there's no redemption feedback. mechanism. Yeah, there's no redemption, but over time it does it does translate value back to the outside the protocol. Um, uh, so you know. There's, as far as I'm aware, with the, with the Bitcoin backing of UST, there's no mechanism like that. And I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Uh, as far as I'm aware. So yeah, but I mean, backing just for psychological purposes, I mean, maybe it has value, but not to me. <laughs> I only saw a little bit about this, like, I think, Forget what if someone posted it might have been like a twitter thread and then i was digging through it but i guess people are just like from what i understood it's just like all right you're using bitcoin as your treasury and 
Bitcoin's a volatile asset and people are just like, this sounds like a recipe for disaster. Well, those are people who have no faith in the future of crypto. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing. I'm just like, okay, I get it. Well, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's the mindset, it's the fundamental shift of, you know, we're used to a world where, you know, a treasury is backed by, you know, a dollar. It's like, it's guaranteed this is a dollar. And it's like, Bitcoin's not guaranteed to be any price. It could be higher, it could be, it could be lower. And I guess that creates uncertainty or volatility, but, you know, it's just that it's not the norm now. It goes against the norm. So that's why people are going to be, you know, worried or skeptical, you know, 10, 20 years from now, people may be more comfortable with that than they are with something backed by the US dollar. So in the end, it all goes down to just, what is that? Uh, uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but just, you know, I don't want to say wisdom of the crowd, but just, you know, the way the masses think, what, what, what is considered normal and what consider, is considered not normal. And that changes because shit, hundred years ago, hundred plus years ago, it was normal to trade gold and silver for products. And you know, right when when fiat first came out, people were like, "What the f is this piece of paper?" <laughs> so we're in a par paradigm shifting time. They're always going on, whether it's just within industry or within economies or within just a world economy, and. Yeah. Uh, Crypto is certainly creating a paradigm shift. That is for sure. So uh, I saw some people arguing on Twitter this morning about, uh, you know, putting gold certificates on blockchain, tying it into crypto. I think someone already, I think there's a company that already does that. There's a couple, yeah. yeah. And um, the, the Bitcoin maxi that I was, that I was looking at was saying, it's like, well, you know, it's worthless because there's still a trust function that you have to have between the mint or the vault or whoever and the blockchain, which is true. Um, I don't know if that makes it worthless, but you know, it it's, just makes it more efficient for tracking. And, and you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not resolving a problem outside of just um, making it way more efficient when it comes to, you know, like chain of title and custody and all that stuff. That's all yeah. like it's basically, it's basically just an improved database. Well, yeah. And like that's, that's, that's the value it adds, but yeah, it doesn't like you still are reliant on, I guess, a third part, a party or, or whatever, a custodian, you know, being fair and honest. Which historically has not been a great bet. <laughs> no, but historically, I don't know how we're going to get completely away from that. Like I understand like, so, like, you know, DAOs and things like that uh kind of promote the fact that it gets rid of that aspect but i don't know no matter how much technology improves i still think there'll be industries and aspects where you're still somewhat relying on the you know uh integrity of a service provider yeah i mean there there are uh, I, I think we've we talked about this for about DAOs and stuff in the past, but uh, you know, for the things that are code based, I think DAOs are great. Um, you know, if you if like if there was a Polycup DAO and you could vote on the emission schedule and that was an automatic programmatic change, then I think that's that's a great use case. But when you start getting into like the DAO should vote for this other person to go do a thing then I think they break down entirely just because they could just say, no, 
know, and then it's not any different than having any other organization with people in it, and you know, having to to navigate decision making and actually getting people to follow through on things. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not one of those who thinks DAOs fixes all human organization. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I got a boogie in five minutes, so I don't know uh, if we're looking to do a uh, roundup of what was discussed or if Cal's got any other uh, info he wants so, to so, share out. So Cal, when are all the students and when we get a, when, when is everybody going to be rich? Um, every every answer to every question is available readily in the Sooniverse. Um, so you just have to go out and find it. Um, <laughs> I think we need, I think we, what we need, forget Leo finance swag. We need Sooniverse and calendar swag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like li fun. living in the Sooniverse. Living in the Sooniverse and then put a little Leo logo somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I was really excited to read just as kind of like a wrap up, I, I was really excited to read uh, Taskmaster's post yesterday. Um, I, I don't remember if I dropped it in chat or not. Um, but his post about basically the the emissions rate of Polycub and and basically why he thinks he, he thinks the uh, the plan or the you know basically the schematic of of the way that Polycub is designed will will actually play out in the long run. Um, and and obviously I I agree with that. You know what he's talking about. So, um, you know, having that having that combination of scarcity and utility is really what Polycub is all about. So, um, you know, I think we're still in this there's this kind of first inning of Polycub, and and uh, I think what happens over the coming months is what is going to be kind of the uh, the the driving indicators of of Polycub's future, which is all about sustainable yield. So that's that's the whole mission. Um, and I, I think once people start seeing the, the protocol and liquidity pages and the bonding pages and and uh, all the mechanics that we've basically been building, like collateralized lending, I think it's going to I think that I think the shift is going to be quick, kind of like Rune, right? Rune was was beaten and battered in the market after their their hack. You know, I don't remember how long ago that was, like seven or eight months ago. And then, uh, you know, now it's it's obviously, you know, a quick rise quick rise back to where they were. So I think it's, I think we're going to see something kind of interesting play out with Polycub where it's going to be that quick turnaround when people start to realize the the mechanics of Polycub. And obviously when that emissions rate is, is lower right now, that emissions rate is super high. So there's a ton of Polycub entering the market every single day. Um, and that next one is in just a couple of days. So that's the, uh, I think, I think in three or four days, it's going to be a big, big turning point, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, so you know, it's uh, the emissions changes are you know based on polygon blocks, and so it's not exactly you know time, but it's around Fridays, right? Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday yeah. Saturday. yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, my FBC has a good ending question: goals for the of the POL at one week after bond. Um, goals for the POL. Um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, obviously it's going to depend a lot on market dynamics. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I would like to say, 
you know, it, it should hit a quarter million or more in terms of in terms of what's been bonded into the protocol. So so that would be new funds added to the protocol and liquidity through bonding would would likely be well over a quarter million in, you know, within a few days of it launching. Um, so we'll kind of see. Yeah, I, I think long, longer term, I think the goal the goal of the protocol and liquidity is is you know to be over two million. That's a lot of the projections I've got are to have it over two million uh, long term. So um, obviously that starts to get that starts to get very interesting when you consider that the protocol and liquidity is earning yield on that two million, and then also uh, it's able to basically synthetically uh, stack yield through the collateralized lending, so that the the yield that the treasury is earning from the that two million is going to be disproportionately above what can be earned from just staking um so obviously we're gonna have to we're gonna have to start diving into all those mechanics and in posts and stuff to make it all make sense but um you know it's 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 gonna be cool to see and then obviously with, with polycubs market cap sitting at just above two million right now if the protocol on liquidity was was two million right now that would be the you, literally anybody could buy polycub at the current price and you would theoretically not be able to lose on it so I think I think this is where some of those risk-free metrics start to come into play, the risk-free value, and uh, obviously we'll we'll see that play out in the coming months. All right, now I know Mitch has got to jump, so we'll wrap it up here. Yep. Uh, thanks everybody for coming out. Next one is the fifth of April. Sweet. Uh, can't believe March is already in the books. That's yeah, crazy. Q one, Q one is gone. Yep, crazy. And I'm not rich. And I'm not and I'm not crypto rich. Sad face. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off as well. All right. Uh, some lunch to have and kids to play with. Yep. Thanks, everybody. See you next we'll week. We'll see you next week. Later. See ya.